Welcome everybody to Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi Podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. And I'm your co-host, Hannah. Alright, and today we will be doing our 17th episode of a podcast. Took me a moment to uh, figure <laughs> out the number inside of our head in my uh, no noggin here. Um, but anyway, um, so this episode is being recorded in early November at the time of his recording, but I'll probably post it around Thanksgiving because, you know, uh, we'll prob- me and Hannah will probably be busy with work and spending time with God family. God knows that's going to be true. Yeah. So if I upload this near Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, there's <laughs> there is a lot of things I'm very thankful for, but one of them is our uh, new Patreon art piece, which uh, is currently up live on our Patreon, which is patreon.com can mail. Um, it is a nice little two Twi'lek slave girls trying to tempt you into some tomfoolery. Have fun with that, simps. Yeah, especially with uh, No Nut November this <laughs> month. Um, so, yeah, if if any of you are true Jedi, then kudos to you. And if any of you have given in to the dark side, then more money for us, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, if you love, in all seriousness, if you love the content that we make for the podcast, then be sure to contribute to our Patreon page. Um and if you would contribute to any amount from as low as $2 to as high as $10, you will be automatically be able to access our Discord server. And if you pay for $10, then you'll have instant access to all of our Patreon art pieces. And please, it, it helps us keep the channel going. Yeah, it, it really helps. And we also appreciate talking to all of our fans and, uh, you know, just engage in nice little discussions or, or just fooling around with a bunch of memes and everything. <laughs> I can't wait to see more. <laughs> oh, you're going to get a lot of memes in this episode, Hannah. Oh, lovely. Um, so, oh yeah, our new milestone has been reached. We currently have 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel right Woo-hoo! now. <laughs> so, yeah, it may not be as big of a milestone as a 1,000 or, God forbid, a million. But, uh, yeah, it's been almost over a year for Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi on YouTube. And uh, it's hard to believe that we have 100 people watching or, at the very least, supporting our channel on YouTube. So, once again, thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast and listened to all the lore stuff of Star Wars. And we really appreciate the support. It really does put a smile on your face and make your day. Oh, yeah, it Seeing does. how... Seeing as how many people like our stuff, even though we're just two, three dorks talking about Star Wars. Yeah, pretty much. Just um, making memes here and there. Um, so we're <laughs> glad you guys like this content. Yeah, yeah, it's just been a pet project. So uh, yeah, I appreciate that 100 people have supported the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the future subscribers and supporters to the podcast. So anyway, Hannah... You know what today's episode is going to be about? Legacy of the Sith. Yeah, we are <laughs> we are doing a sequel of currently our most popular episode on the podcast, or which should, is should we say the Sith Electric Boogaloo? Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Sith Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, so this is a sequel to our most popular video on the podcast. Currently, have a recording of this uh, video. Um, I believe our History of the Sith episode is around 760 subscribers. I might be slightly off, but it's pretty high up there. Um, 
And I decided it would be appropriate to make a part two about the history of a Sith. You said subscribers. I think you meant likes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, 700 views, not subscribers, uh, viewers. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so let's... So for both Hannah and our viewers that are starting to get into this podcast, we'll bring you up to speed. Or if you just want to watch our first part on the history of a Civ, you could go ahead and watch that. But I'll make sure to bring up everybody up to speed. So we know that around 5,000, 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, uh, the Sith as a race existed on Korriban. Uh, some dark Jedi got into some tomfoolery with the dark side, got exiled, went to Korriban, um, intermingled with the Sith, made the first Sith Empire, um, and then this, uh, this, uh, big brain guy named Nagasadal thought it was a good idea to conquer the Republic in a Blitzkrieg, um, <laughs> almost succeeded, but ultimately it was foiled, and, uh, Blew up a couple of stars here and there, you know, just the casually. The Civ drive by. <laughs> um, and then uh, got cornered at Korriban. Uh, the Republic arrived. He had to do his legendary Nagasadal family technique and ran the fuck out of there. Um, <laughs> arrived at Yavin 4 and decided to live out the rest of his days on this backwater planet. Of course, everything is a backwater planet in Star Wars, oh, yeah. you're not in the core world. <laughs> and as we all know, the Civ got extincted by the Republic, and Korriban is just a barren fucking wasteland with the Valley of the Dark Lords, blah, 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 you know that fun stuff. Yep. Now, um, that is a lot to bring up, but let me go back to, quote-unquote, the modern day um, of the time of this story. Actually, um... So, the events of the history of the Jedi and the Sith actually uh, is dived into this comic book series called Tales of the Jedi. I think I read about that a little bit. Yeah. And I think I know that there's a story about Thanaton in there. Yeah. Actually, Thanaton, I don't think he's in the Tales of the Jedi, but he appears in some old Republic comic. That yes, isn't he does. On, yeah. Um, but anyway, Tales of a Jedi was this comic book series that was released back in 1996, I believe. Good job, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dave Filoni decided to make things even more confusing by naming the new series Tales of a Jedi, which has nothing to nothing in relation to the Sith Empire. I know, but it's still... I mean, well, I like both. Yeah. I mean, I kind of understand why they chose that name because, you know, it's the Tales of a Jedi. And, I mean, sure, it's a different continuity, but at the same time, you could have called it, I don't know, the, the uh, or, not the, not the Origins of a Jedi. Um, maybe the Stories of a Jedi, but I don't know. I'm not Dave Filoni. Anyway, uh, semantics. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about the old uh, Legends canon of Star Wars, not the current canon of Star Wars. Yes, anyway, talking about um, Legends. <laughs> so yeah, um, a couple of... Oh yeah, um, so you remember our good old uh, waifu, uh, Empress Teta? Yes. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, ch the Giga Chad of the Republic that fought off the Sith. Yep. Um, she, uh, so I'll actually do a little aftermath here because that's the important thing. Um, so after the Sith, you know, got defeated in the Great Hyperspace War, um, the Republic were so, um, in gratitude of a Jedi Order fighting off the Sith 
They actually donated a sacred mountain on Coruscant for them to build the foundations of a Jedi temple on. Wow. So yeah, um, if you were wondering why the Jedi have a temple on Coruscant and not just one of their home worlds, it's actually built on top of a sacred mountain. And they got destroyed on yeah. top of a sacred mountain. <laughs> and yeah, twice. um twice, yes. Um Empress Teta, for honor of her bravery and spearheading the counterattack against the Sith Empire, would actually have her star system, uh, which was originally named Kara's Major. It's now named after her, the Empress Teta system. Nice. Yeah. That's a hell of an honor. That is a very good honor. Um, and one of the survivors of the Great Hyperspace War was a Jedi apprentice named Odon Ur. He's a member of a Darifos race. Um, I'll actually send you a picture via the Discord real quickly. This is what uh, he looks like, Odon Ur, part of the uh, Darifos race. Uh, basically a purple-skinned reptile person. He looks like he doesn't have a lower jaw and he just has a yeah. humongous overbite. <laughs> he does have a <laughs> humongous overbite. But actually, he was kind of an important character in the Tales of a Jedi series. He was the personal advisor of Empress Teta. Mm -hmm. And he actually was a uh, notable practitioner in one of their rare Jedi techniques called battle meditation. I thought that wasn't rare. No, it's actually pretty rare. Only... Well, okay, I say it's rare, but a good amount of Jedi Padawans are skilled in it for some reason. But, you know, semantics. <laughs> um, you know what battle meditation is, though, right? Um, I know the way it works in Star Wars 5e, but I don't know how it works in canon. Okay, okay long story short, battle meditation basically uh, increases the morale of your allies while demoralizing the enemy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he's a very skilled practitioner in it. He's also kind of a nerd. <laughs> he uh, doesn't like fighting. He just likes being in his room reading books and everything. Sounds like me. Yep. And after the... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, by the way. Um, his master sacrificed himself during the Great Hyperspace War. And he was kind of sad over that. Oh. And uh, afterwards, he actually found a uh, Sith holocron on a crash Sith... On a Sith ship. <laughs> And oh shit. Did, he, yeah. did he turn dark? No, no, he's no? uh, he's let me get into that actually. Um, so old on earth, like he gathered all of these Sith artifacts, and he was kind of a huge nerd. He decided to uh build the, the great Jedi library on Ossus. Holy shit! And basically, it's like the uh Star Wars version of the Library of Alexandria, where it has a huge collection of of uh, Jedi artifacts, uh, historical texts, and dark side artifacts, all that fun stuff. If only, I mean, the, the, the Library of Alexandria is a wonder in and of itself. Yeah. It's just so fucking terrible that they destroyed it. And uh, like the Library of Alexandria, it's not going to last for much longer. Damn it. <laughs> but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so let me see. Uh, and then... Over the next millennia, the Republic and the Jedi would continue to grow across the galaxy, and the Sith would only be a distant memory, The on only their artifacts and their worlds remaining as reminders of their former glory. Like, Korriban is just a barren wasteland with, you know, the tombs of the Dark Lords being untouched for several millennia and all that fun stuff. That is until the time of the Old Republic. Yeah, um, and a couple of uh, notable Sith figures that come in every once in a while but anyway um over the centuries there would be jedi that would 
that would fall to the dark side because they craved power and they craved this forbidden knowledge of the dark side. Um, nothing has changed in the past couple of centuries. There's this uh, one dark Jedi uh, turned Sith Lord named uh, Freedon Nad. Freedon Nad. Okay. Freedon Nad. I'll actually send you a picture of him too. Um, <laughs> as with most Sith, they uh, have a very emo-looking outfit. He's got spikes all over him. I mean, Darth Maul does too. You actually can get his outfit in Swator. Oh. Yeah, here we go. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, just uh, spikes everywhere. Looks interesting. Freedom Nad decided, fuck you guys, I'm going to go into the, the forbidden arts of a Sith. And he, along the lines, he came across Yavin 4 where Naga Sadal was. Was he still alive or was No, he, he was dead by then. Oh. Um, no, but however, his spirit was still present at uh, Yavin 4. And Naga Sadal was like, okay... I'm going to teach you the ways of a dark side. And, you know, over the years, you know, he's growing in power, all that fun stuff. And after he figured he'd learn enough, Frida Nad basically killed Nagasadao's spirit. Oh, fuck. And then afterwards, um, he went to this backwater planet called Onderon. Not to be confused with Alderan. Yeah, Onderon. O-N-D. Yeah, yeah. O-N-D. I'm, not I'm not sure if you uh, have gotten this far in the Clone Wars, but you know the character Saw Gerrera? Heard the name, don't know the character. Okay, uh, point is, um, Onderon is a very important location, both in canon and legends. Mm -hmm. um, and he decided to become a warlord on Onderon instead of, you know, having wider ambitions, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vitiate obtained godhood, so... Yeah. Um, Frida Nad, you might assume that he's kind of a focus of his episode, and... In the beginning, he kind of is, but he's kind of like small fry in the history of the galaxy. He's not the first Jedi to fall to the dark side, and probably not going to be the last neither. No shit. But uh, he actually is the first stepping stone to uh, the rise of a new Dark Lord of the Sith. And we, and we enter Exar Kun. You've said that this guy is pretty cool. Uh, I wouldn't, okay, I wouldn't say he's cool. I mean, he's a good villain to hate. He's just kind of one of those characters that you love to hate sometimes. Like Palpatine. Like Palpatine, but, uh, he's, ironically, more evil than Palpatine sometimes. I mean, <laughs> for an ancient Sith, yeah. Yeah, um, the like. The ancient Sith were fucking out there. So, yeah. Exar Kun is basically the Anakin Skywalker back in the day. He's a uh, extremely powerful force user. He's a uh, a uh, master swordsman. He's the best the Jedi Order has to offer at the time. But he's also quick to anger and is very arrogant. Yep, sounds like Skywalker. Yeah. Um, Exar Kun's story of how he became a Jedi is not really known. We don't know what his homeworld is. We don't know when he was born. We don't know when he was taken in as a Jedi. It, he's kind of one of those characters that it's not his origins that's important. It's what he's about to do that makes him important. Yeah. Like in the same way how a lot of people f focus on Adolf Hitler and how he became a dictator, not his childhood or anything. I mean, he got rejected from art school. <laughs> he got rejected from art school. <laughs> yeah, same thing with Exar Kun, but not a stream degree. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So let me get into XR Kuhn and let me actually show you pictures of this guy too. He just... Yeah, I haven't seen pictures of this guy. He just radiates this smug, superior energy to him, as you'll see in a little bit. Um, I sent a portrait of him. Is uh, Wi-Fi being fucky? <laughs> it's faster than my data. Oh. <laughs> Edge! Yeah. He's an edgy motherfucker. Yeah. And nice job, though. He is. He's got a kick-ass jawline right there. I like, um, I like his hair. <laughs> he's, he's got the chilled back hair. God damn it. Not another, not another picture of man who's in four. No, no. He's, damn uh, you, Isaac. No, no. He's like, uh, he's like the Fonz. Hey! <laughs> hey, I'm going to turn to the dark side. Hey! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for another fictional man to sit over. Oh my god. I kind of had a feeling that was the uh, path it was going down. He is handsome. <laughs> he's he's a fucker, though. He's a real fucker. Um, <laughs> even as a Jedi Knight, he is kind of an asshole. Like, uh, so... Okay, let me actually get... So, he is a mass... He's a god-tier swordsman. His speciality is uh, the sixth form of lightsaber combat, Nightman. If you recall from our uh, episode, our last episode is a uh, a uh, jack of all trades fighting style. Nice. Yeah. Um. So he's he's also kind of your uh, when he eventually falls to the dark side. He's your uh, stereotypical Sith Inquisitor. Nothing wrong with that. I yeah, like the exactly. Sith Inquisitor. <laughs> so anyway, um, he was the apprentice of his legendary Jedi Master named Votal Sios Boss. You have a picture of him. Yes. Um, he's actually pretty cool. Um, he, his main weapon is literally a quarterstaff. So yeah, he's kind of a, uh, he's a member of his race called the Kravaki. They're like basically half dragon, half squid. He's, uh, kind of more of a crab person, sort of speak. Weird. Yeah. But, uh, as I mentioned before, before I, uh, I, uh, got sidetracked, um, his main weapon is basically a simple quarterstaff, despite being a Jedi artist, a uh, lightsaber artisan. He prefers a quarterstaff, which he enhances with a force, which allows him to uh, match lightsaber blades and everything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's... For a darksider? No, no. He's a uh, Jedi Master. Oh, he was a Jedi Master. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, one fateful day, um, he was training in a sparring session alongside bosses, other apprentices, who are two Cafar named Cardo and Sylviar. They're basically husband and wife Cafar. Hmm. Because the, so marriage was allowed back then. Yes, but the Jedi were much more lenient with attachments and everything back then. What the then. fuck happened? <laughs> You'll probably think X Raccoon for that. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, Crado is the male Kafar of the pair, and he wasn't doing so hot. He got hand, he got his ass handed to him by X Raccoon instantly in that duel. <laughs> and after that, Silvar put up a much better fight against X Raccoon. Um, I'll actually send you a picture of uh, her as well because she actually looks pretty kick-ass. There we go. This is her in like her uh, combat uniform and everything. Oh yeah, she looks like a lion. Yeah. Not a, a normal Cathar. That's pretty cool. Yeah, she is. She's a... Uh, she is a fierce bitch. She is a very fierce bitch. She actually put up a better fight. 
uh, when uh, when XR Coon was basically belittling her because he's kind of a racist motherfucker at that time. And uh, a lot of them, are. he was all like, "Ha ha, human superiority, bitch! I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass easily." And and uh, just falling back on her basic Cafar instinct. Instinct, sorry. Um, she basically scratched off a part of his face. Oh, ow. And then afterwards, XR Coon's like, you bitch. And then he started to beat the hell out of her and oh was my God. actually about to strike her down. But Voto Boss was all like, XR Coon, what the fuck? You're not supposed to be a you're not supposed to strike your fellow student down if you want to be a great warrior. She and- scratched his face. <laughs> I know, I know, but still. Um and this was the moment when Voto Boss wanted to basically uh, humble his apprentice, and they engaged in a duel. And Exarcoon basically was disarmed of his lightsaber briefly, but Crado basically lent him his lightsaber, and he's like, "Go, Exarcoon, prove your wharf as a swordsman and all that stuff." <laughs> and and like two, like two swings, uh, Voto Boss was able to. You know, send Exarcoon flying with his bow staff. That's fucking and funny. He was all like, "Now you see why I am still the master." He got and, his ass handed to him. And Exarcoon saw his lightsaber just a couple feet away, used the force to bring that towards him, and with both lightsabers in hand, he basically strong armed Voto Boss and broke his bow staff in half. Oh shit! Yeah. So in a sense, he won that duel. Yeah, but very still unorthodox. But yeah, very unorthodox. Yeah, yeah. There's this funny exchange where Voto Boss uh, Sylviar was checking in on Boss. He's she's all like, "Are you okay, Master?" And he's like, "I'm I'm fine." But look at look at Exarcoon breaking my simple stick. <laughs> but yeah, obviously Exarcoon had so that uh, stick was nothing. Yeah, it was a simple quarterstaff enhanced by the force. That's fucking funny. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, and Voto Boz kind of looked at XR Coon and he said, XR Coon, you are the most formidable student I have ever had, but I sense something is missing in you. An empty place hidden even from yourself. A place that remains unseen because no light escapes from that region of your heart. I think I know what that is. Yeah. Lerv. <laughs> Um, no, he doesn't have a love interest, actually. Um, but XR Kuhn, he wanted more. He, even though he was a prodigy swordsman, he wanted more. Like, he wanted to dive more into the forbidden secrets of the dark side and the history of the Sith. And his master, Vodobaz, forbid him from going into that. And XR Kuhn was all like, Fuck you, I'm going to go out on my own and explore the galaxy to find what I need. And that's basically what he did. Of course. And his journey... Insert picture of Palpatine here. (laughs) Unlimited (laughs) And his journey brought him to Onderon. Mm -hmm. And um, this is its whole side thing, which I will explore eventually. But there was like this uh, civil war between the descendants of... Of uh, Freed and Nad and the other populace that he was, you know, in, uh, enslaving and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. the Jedi came in. 
and helped the descendants to rise up and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so the Jedi were present. He went to Onderon because he heard about the legends of Freedon Nad, and he wanted to like explore the tomb, but the Jedi were kind of present there at the time, you know, making sure that uh, there's no dark side presence forever on Onderon and all that fun they stuff. They were keeping it in check. Yeah. And Exar Kun, under the guise as a uh, Jedi... Uh, archaeologist was like hey um i want to inspect some mighty artifacts that you guys may have found can i go see them and they were like no 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 you can't enter here this is a restricted area and he's like oh come on i'm i'm an archivist i should have access to it but eventually they tow told exar kun to fuck off <laughs> and just, no fuck off and exar kun is like fine i'm i'm gonna find a way y you may stop me for now but i will find a way and he went to the uh, Andron capital called ISIS, not to be confused with a terrorist organization. Um, and he came across two preachers who were Nadis sympathizers, which is the name of, uh, you know, Freed and Nad's followers and yeah. all that. Um, and he approached the two with a promise of giving them riches. And they guided him to Freed and Nad's tomb. And the, the two preachers were like, okay, sure, we'll... Uh, will do as you say. We want to get some valuables as well. So they went to Onderon's moon, which is called Doxin, which is where the Jedi secretly put Freedonad's tomb. And he ventured into the tomb. Uh, he was confronted by many of the animal guardians that resided there, but he, he obviously cut them down very easily. Um, and then he entered into the mausoleum that held the... Uh, the the corpse of Freedonad and everything like that. And he came to the, to the, uh, what was it, the casket or whatever, mm -hmm. and he tried to cut through it at first, but he found that his lightsaber couldn't pierce it. Oh, shit. And he eventually found out that there's no other material in the galaxy that could resist a lightsaber except Beskar. What is Beskar doing here? Oh, shit. I thought it was Cortosis. No, it was uh, Beskar of a Mandalorian. Uh, Yes, I know. <laughs> God damn, how the fuck did he get Beskar? <laughs> yeah, um, but after enough effort, he managed to break into the tomb, and uh, he found the skeletal remains of Freedon Nad, but not long after, he came across the spirit of Freedon Nad himself. Of course. And Always linger around the death <laughs> yeah, spots. Yeah, um, you know, typical Sith spirit stuff. Yep. Um, and Freedon Nad approached him, and he said, I mean... You came all this way to break into my tomb. Obviously, you are seeking forbidden knowledge, correct? And Exar Kun's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Freena Nad was all like, look into my sarcophagus and you will find the, the treasures that you seek. And, you know, Exar Kun basically desecrated his corpse and everything. God. And he found two scrolls hidden behind the... the Dusty remains of Freed and Nad. <laughs> and he's all like, okay, I'm going to take these with me. And he emerges out of a tomb, and the two preachers were all like, okay, we have led you to the tomb of our forefather. Now give those to us. And they pointed their guns at Exar Kun. And he's all like, oh shit. Seriously? <laughs> and he just but murdered both of them. Are you fucking kidding me? He's, and he's all like, okay, fine. And he murdered both of them. <laughs> and after that, um, he got onto his ship 
And with a electronic uh, translator, he found, he, you know, translated and deciphered the scrolls and everything, which happened to be written by Naga Sadao himself when Holy he was still alive. Shit. And amongst them, he found the history of the Sith, you know, how they rose to power, how they fell, all that fun stuff. But he found the most important thing that uh, he was going to meet up Frida Nat at. And that was the original Sith homeworld of Korriban. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought he was going to discover the Sith code yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, so, Exar Kun went to Korriban and he landed near the Valley of the Dark Lords. Wake up all the spirits. Yeah. <laughs> and as he wandered in, he encountered previous travelers, previous scavengers that had attempted to, you know, get into the tomb to find their treasures and everything. But now that they're they're basically zombies at this point, protecting the sacred burial grounds of a Sith. That's <laughs> like it's the cursed place on them. Just like, you're going to fuck with my shit? Fine. You be yeah. my eternal undead slave. <laughs> And, like, uh, he dealt with those zombies pretty effortlessly, and he went to his one tomb, and as he was being beckoned to a nearby temple, he kind of had second thoughts. He's all like, this, the dark side is extremely strong, maybe I, sh maybe I should turn back now. But at this point, he kind of entered into the mouth of the temple... And as he was having these second thoughts, by pure coincidence, a rock slide happened, trapping him inside. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He's like, okay. Uh, okay, I have no other choice but to continue <laughs> forward into the that's temple. Death, that's fate saying, fuck you, you're doing this now. Yep, exactly. Um, no turning back now, bitch! <laughs> and as XR Kun journeyed further into the temple, you know, following Frida Nad's voice of, over here, over here, Exar Kun, over here, you'll <laughs> find what you're looking for over here. Um, he continued to fervor until he came into a chamber that had a large crystal. Think of like a uh, kyber crystal, something along those lines, but mm -hmm. big. Huge. And as he peered in it, he realized that the, the crystal contained the spirits of Jedi that the Sith have defeated over the millennia. Holy fuck. And, you know, as he's examining it. The temple kind of shook, and at that moment, the entire temple collapsed on top of Exar Kun. Oh, fuck. Trapping him underneath all that debris. We know he's not dead. No. Um, so, basically, he, he had broken bones in a hundred different places, but he was barely alive, barely clinging to life, and through the force, he was like, Master... I need your help. And across the entirety, the entire galaxy, Vodalbos sends the plight of his Padawan. And he's like, I'm here, Exar Kun. I'll help you. And Frida Nad obviously was tempting him to, you know, focus on the dark side, tempting him to give in to the dark side. Mm -hmm. And once he found out that Vodalbos is trying to protect him with light side energy, um, Frida Nad intervened and he was like, fuck off, old man. And severed his link between Master and Apprentice. He cut through their force bond. Yep. I was going to say, they have a force bond. He cut through it. Oh, yep. you bastard. <laughs> and across the galaxy, Vodobos was just consumed with his extreme anger from Reed and Nad. And he nearly passed out from that experience. Damn. And Exar Kun, having his links with his Master severed, uh, Reed and Nad was all like, 
I can help you. I could restore your body. I could get you out of this predicament only if you accept the dark side. Actar Kuhn obviously had no other choice and he accepted. Well, duh. <laughs> Still, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, it's like, hey, this is your only way out. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And when he said yes, he felt his entire body revigorate. Like, his bones healed. He was able to get enough power to force the rubble off of him. Obviously, this wasn't a painless experience. And he experienced so much pain, he screamed loud enough to ripple through the Force itself. Ouch. And every Jedi across the galaxy heard his screams. Oh, God. Yeah. And then... Imagine uh, you're just doing something normal throughout your day, <laughs> and you just hear... <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of that scene when uh, Darth Maul... I wouldn't say he gets resurrected, but when he transforms into, you know, his cybernetic legs on Dothamir, mm -hmm. and then he just screams. I still have yet to see that, but I it's should a, look it up. It's a really good episode. It's a really good episode. Um, but anyway, back to Kinda the like Old Republic that. stuff. Yeah. Um, so, as Exar Kun arose, um, he was guided by Freedom Nad. Freedom Nad. Freedom Nad. Um, <laughs> I give a word uh, inter intermix, whatever. Um, Freedom Nad guided him towards a couple of tombs. And Exar Kun was kind of surprised that with submitting himself to the dark side, he could now understand the Sith language that's on the tombs. Oh, shit. That's cool. Yeah. Um... I guess that's one upside to the dark side. <laughs> anyway, um, so even though he basically accepted to be a part of the dark side, Exar Kun was all like, nah, bruh, I'm, I'm still a member of the Jedi Order. I'm still a servant of the light side. And Frieden now is like, is that so? Was he basically the first Revan? Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and Frieden now was like, is that so? And he sicked a bunch of uh, Sith hounds on Exar Kun. And Exar Kun tried to fight back, but then he realized most of his uh, force abilities, which are connected with light side, were gone. useless. They were gone. And as he was being, you know, literally dogpiled, um, Frieden now is like, if, if you want to live, then you will use the dark side of the force. And Exar Kun reluctantly... Use the force, the dark side of the force, to force the uh, force hounds, not force hounds, uh, Sith hounds off of him. And at admiring his power, the, the uh, dark side creatures basically uh, submitted to his power. Oh, damn. Yeah. And then Frieda now is like, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the classic Palpatine thing. Yeah. Um, and he's like, all right, you are now truly a servant of a dark side. Now I could point you towards the knowledge that you rightfully crave. Go to this planet called Yavin 4. There you will find the power that you rightfully deserve. You're going to go meet Nagasha down, fucker. <laughs> and Exar Kun, um, even though he gave in to the dark side twice now, um, he still kind of maintained this idea that he was still a Jedi Knight. And he was like, yeah, fine. I guess I'll humor this motherfucker, whatever. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, as I said, he's kind of an arrogant motherfucker. Yeah. As you can tell. he may, <laughs> As I like to joke, he makes Count Dooku look humble in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and Count Dooku's a 
arrogant motherfucker. Oh, yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> so, XR Kun went to Yavin 4, and he landed near one of Naga Sadao's temples. But as he was approaching, he was ambushed by the uh, descendants of Naga Sadao's original followers. You probably remember them as the Masasi. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, those uh, buff-looking red motherfuckers. Yeah, I hate fighting those. <laughs> yeah, they were the descendants of uh, XR Kun's warrior cast on Yavin 4. Nice. And through several generations of just uh, mutation for the dark side, they gained, you know, huge chunk. They're buff and They're buff huge. as fuck. They're, They're not <laughs> fun to fight. No. Um, and XR Kun kind of was all like, okay, primitive warriors, I could deal with them no problem. However, the Masasi warriors proved to be too much for him. And uh, so the Masasi warriors have these weapons called... Let me see if I could... I'm going to attempt to pronounce them. Uh, a Lendruck. It's basically a polearm weapon, which mm-hmm. has a disc at the end that they launch at their opponents. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an Adelaide, so to speak. You know, the boomerang thing. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, as... Uh, as, you know, the Masasi threw their discs at XR Kun. Um, normally, XR Kun would just, you know, deflect them with a force or whatever. But he once again found that uh, he had no access to his force abilities. Because, oh, you know, severed from the light side of a force. That and he sucks. just chunk. And he just got <laughs> knocked. He just got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the Masasi took him prisoner and they took them to one of their temples. And they decided, okay, we got an off-worlder. This is clearly a gift that we could give to one of our gods. We're going to put him into a sacrificial ritual. Oh, fuck. And they chained XR Kun up in the altar of one of their temples called the Temple of Fire, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they enact this ritual where they summon this huge beast called the Sif Worm. Oof. One of uh, Naga Sadao's pet projects. It's basically a gigantic fuck-off worm. <laughs> and uh, as the worm was ravaging XR Kun, he, he had no way of fighting back. Freedom Nad uh, appeared to him again. He's like, the only way you could get out of this is if you fully, and I mean fully, submit to the dark side of a force. So he knew. Yep. It's like, I told you once. I'm not going to tell you again. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> He's like, do it. Just do it. <laughs> exactly. And XR Kun, kind of at the realization that he is now permanently severed from the light side of a force. And, you know, having no other choice, surrounded by all sides, by Masasi, and about to be devoured by a gigantic worm. He's like, okay, I embrace the dark side. And for real, I have fully submit to it. <laughs> and through the force... Uh, there's like this, uh, Civ amulet, which is basically this, uh, artifact that goes around his wrists and everything. Mm-hmm. He pulls that towards him, and the moment the amulet bonded with him, he felt his power in the dark side increase tenfold. And with a single swing of his, uh, a single flick of his wrist, he disintegrated the Civ worm and many of the Masasi warriors. Damn. So, yeah. Um, Holy shit! I like to... I like to mention numerous times that the old Sif are ridiculously overpowered. Uh-huh. <laughs> they make the normal Sif look like children. Yeah, basically. They make that that makes Palpatine look like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. And then after, you know, this 
this, uh, you know, flick of his wrist and destroy the Masasi's god, so to speak. The remaining Masasi that weren't destroyed by, you know, his sheer power of a dark side looked at Exar Kun and they were like, the prophecy has been fulfilled. The next Dark Lord of the Sith has arrived to us, and they bow to Exar Kun, accepting him as their new god. Mm. And now he has the entirety of the Masasi warriors and, you know, all the secrets of the Sith, Nagasdao specifically, under his command. Nice. And after that, uh, Freed and Nad appeared once you again. Say Ludo- Ludo Crash. No, Ludo Crash <laughs> is uh, gone by this point anyway. It sounded like you were about to say I, that. Yeah, <laughs> but. Whatever. Um, Freed and Nad once again appear to Exar Kun. He's like, you have finally embraced the ways of the Sith. You, you and I are going to achieve great things together. <laughs> There's many secrets that you could partake. And you could help me in rebuilding a physical body. And through that, I could train you further in the dark arts of the Sith. And we will... Once again, rule the galaxy as master and apprentice. And Exar Kun, he was all like, Lowe's, said Exar Kun. Lamau. <laughs> and he, he was kind of tired of Frida Nad testing him and nearly putting him to death like three times. <laughs> he, with his newfound strength of the dark side, he turned to the, the Sith spirit and just instantly disintegrated him. <laughs> Fuck off. He was like, be gone, fight! <laughs> Major. Yeah. So yeah, um, Freed and Nat actually did die by, uh, by XR Kuhn's power. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his and spirit died. His spirit died. So yeah, Freed and Nat is totally dead. He just gone. Gone. And then after that, XR Kuhn was kind of like uh, very satisfied that... Uh, he now had access to information that was so long denied by him, by his master in the entirety of a Jedi Order. Um, so basically the, the Masasi, you know, worshipping their new god, they made many more temples in his honor. And Exar Kun didn't really value titles, but he was like, okay, whatever, I'll let them continue with their misguided ideas because as long as they serve me, who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and he looked through numerous journals of Naga Sadao, like, you know, ancient Sith rituals, ancient secrets and the dark side, all these techniques and everything. Um, and eventually over time, and you know, after, you know, rebuilding the Masasi society and then everything like that, it's not exactly clear how long he was on Yavin 4 for, yeah, I'm four four. <laughs> but anyway, um, but assumingly it was like a couple of months, and then uh, he decided to go back to the Temple of Fire where the remains of the Sith Warm were, mm-hmm. and he was all like, "This beast, why, why is it here?" And he kind of discovered this pit that the Sith Warm came from, and he decided to explore that pit, and at the very bottom, he found uh, Nagus Adao's old flagship, the Corsair. Damn. The very same ship that allowed Naga Zadao to, you know, blow up stars. <laughs> <laughs> and Exar Kuna was was uh, very pleased about this because not only does he have a fucking super weapon, he also now has a way to get off of his planet. Because yep. his previous ship basically got destroyed by the Masasi. That's funny. Yeah. 
And he also found more secrets of the dark side. Like, he could now um, experiment in Sith alchemy and all that fun stuff. Ah, he had more access to the witchy Sith stuff. Oh, yeah, the Sith magic bullshit. Yep. Um, He was able to create several Sith spawn, which are basically creatures forever uh, corrupted by the dark side of the Force. Yep. Like, you remember the Tarantatox? Yes. Yeah, those are uh, Sith spawn. And Pains in the asses. Yeah. You can thank XR Kuhn for their creation, by the way. Thank you, asshole. <laughs> he also created the uh, the uh, Battle Hydras, which are basically two-headed fuck-off dragons. <laughs> so, yeah, he created... He he was like, I create this. He became I create god. this. He, he became god. <laughs> he became the god of the Sith. <laughs> uh, and after enough time, XR Kuhn decided it was time to take his leave of Yavin 4. For now, at least. And decided to find the other students of Frieden Nad because little did he know. Well, okay, he found out later, obviously. Um, Frieden Nad actually reached out to uh, two other people that wanted to learn the secrets of the dark side. They're not Jedi. Um, so, going back to Empress Teta. Over the generations, there were descendants of Empress Teta herself that... Uh, they were basically their your stereotypical bored rich teenagers. Yeah. And they decided out of pure boredom, they went to Onderon and got many more artifacts before the Jedi could, you know, pick them up. Mm-hmm. And they decided to learn Sith Alchemy because, you know, they were bored. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll actually show you a couple of pictures of one of these children, but uh they're, they're, an import, they're important characters later. Not really relevant at this point in time. But point is, um, XR Kuhn decided to go to those students to either, you know, persuade them to his side or, you know, just kill them outright. Yeah. Um, because he had big brain. He had future plans for the galaxy. <laughs> um, so he went to the, uh, the Empress Tata system and he went to this... Uh, Place called the Iron Citadel, which is uh, so these two teenagers, uh, they basically overthrew their royal family and made their own dark side code in the process. Oh shit! Called the Craft, I believe it's called. But anyway, um, so he infiltrated the Iron Citadel, and he so there were two of them. One of them is dead already. Mm-hmm. Um, the remaining uh, child is this. Uh, this female named Alima Kettle. I'll actually send you a picture of her too. Uh, she's not really a a memorable character. She's kind of a fucker, but uh, she's <laughs> also kind of hot too. No, no. <laughs> uh, probably a. I'll probably show you. She doesn't more. look like a teenager. She just looks like a spoiled fucking brat. Yeah, she's a spoiled fucking brat, but she's a. Powerful Sith sorceress. She's she specializes in illusions and all that bullshit. Interesting. Um, so anyway, uh, X XR Kuhn wanders into the Iron Citadel and he finds Alina alongside a fellow fallen Jedi Knight named Ulic Caldroma. You have a picture of him? Yes. He's act. He's also gorgeous looking. And Ulic Caldroma, um. He's kind of an important character of himself. I'll do an ep- a uh, separate episode on him, but he is kind of a Chad. Eh. He's a... He- <laughs> <laughs> He's got really buff shoulders. He looks like uh, fucking Malgus. 
Kind of, kind of. Um, that's probably not. Dog is such a such a big dude. He does. Uh, that's probably not a great picture of him, but he's kind of a Chad. Um, so Yula Caldroma, he's also a prodigy swordsman. Mm-hmm. Um, he also comes from a uh, Odoran alongside his brother K Caldroma. Mm-hmm. Um, so quick backstory: uh, Yula Caldroma was infiltrating the Karf because they basically murdered his master and he was trying to go undercover, but he got seduced by Alima mm-hmm. and he fell into the dark side and Xr Kun was basically walking in on both of them making out and he was like, ha ha, bitch, I have arrived. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> and Alima was all like, who is this guy? And they decided to, uh, you know, fight him and and one single swing of it, flick of his wrist, XR Kuhn basically said to Alima, Be gone, foot! Yep. I'll actually show you a picture. It's really meme worthy. There we go. Like, if you do the Be gone, foot meme and put it on top of this picture, it's perfect. Um, both XR Kuhn and Yulikal Droma engaged in a duel, and both of them were evenly matched. So both Yulikaldroma and Xr Kun dueled to the death. Um, both Xr Kun and Yulikaldroma have Sith amulets okay. that you know powered their connection to the dark side and all that. Yeah. Um, and had this duel continued, they would have fought for literal days. That's how god tier swordsmen they are. Um, the the energies of both amulets basically bonded them together. And it summoned them to this different plane. It brought them back to the ancient um, days of Korriban. And along with that, uh, good old Marco Ragnos appeared. Oh, shit! And with the appearance of Marco Ragnos's spirit, he was all like, Stop. And both Yula Caldroma and Xr Kun stopped in the presence of his powerful Sith spirit. And... Marco Ragnos basically said, You two have been interlinked. You are the legacy of the Sith. I pronounce you, Exar Kun, the Dark Lord of the Sith, and Yulikal Droma, a Sith Lord, and therefore your apprentice. And he burned tattoos into both of their foreheads. So that's what that is on his forehead. You yep. might send me that picture again? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what that is. Yep, that's uh, that's the mark that uh, Marco Ragnos gave to Yula uh, Keldroma. Yula Keldroma and Exarchum, my bad. And as the dust cleared, um, Alima kind of got out of consciousness, and she saw both Yula Keldroma and Exarchum basically clasping fists together in a very brotherly-like bond. Just <laughs> have you ever watched The Predator, by the way? Uh, I have not. Okay, have you heard of the meme of Dilla and you son of a bitch? <laughs> you know, like the Yeah, the the hand class between Arnold Schwarzenegger and that yes. other guy. Yes. Um <laughs> That's uh, kind of the uh, the meme that that it brings back to mind. Okay. There was even a uh, Star Wars creator that recreated a meme where it's all like, Yulek, you son of a Sith. <laughs> just... <laughs> they just became best friends. Yeah. And then afterwards, um, both Xr Kun and Yulek Kaldroma resolved to bring the galaxy to its knees. Yep, they just became best friends. Yep. <laughs> Basically. 
Now with a considerable power base, both his uh, Masasi warriors of Yavin 4, and, along with its dark secrets, the Corsair, the the, uh, the Sun Shooter Explodey device, all that fun stuff, yep. and with Yula Caldroma's command of a Kraft Kota's uh, military force, Exar Kun had a considerable military force at his fingertips. Yeah. However, um... Even though he has a formidable army, a single star system's worth of a military wouldn't be enough to fight against for Republic. Oh, hell no, it wouldn't. Yeah. And unlike uh, what Nagasidao did, who basically did the, uh, <laughs> the uh, aggro, he decided he needed to be smart about this. Do a lot of subterfuge and a lot of subtlety. So Exar Kun himself went back to Asis, to the Great Jedi Library. At this point, the, the Jedi Order were kind of oblivious to the fact that he turned traitor, basically. Yeah, because uh, as far as his master knew, he died. Yeah, basically. And uh, and his purpose was, uh, he approached several Jedi students that kind of shared his idea of, uh, you know, what, why, are, why are our masters forbidding us from diving more into the dark side we need to learn how to combat the dark side why are they doing this and xr kun was all like that's free real estate i'm gonna try and <laughs> get them to my side and you know he was being basically being the snake oil salesman trying to persuade them to his cause mm -hmm. and obviously he's not gonna be all out i'm a dark lord of the sith join my cause he's obviously doing a lot of pretenses as a jedi knight and all that he's like oh you know i agree with you too Come with me. Yeah. Let's let's go talk about this more. <laughs> hey, you want some drugs, kid? <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty of drugs back on Yavin 4. Let's go. <laughs> but in the process, he also reunited with his fellow apprentice, Krado, who was the male Cathar Jedi apprentice. Krado is, uh, even though he got his ass handed to him by Exar Kun, he's basically kind of a loyal, quote-unquote, friend to Exar Kun. And he kind of helped him out in gathering more Jedi apprentices. He probably had a suspicion that Exar Kun was secretly a Dark Lord of a Sith, but he was loyal to him regardless. Hmm. And as, you know, they were gathering more followers, Exar Kun decided he was going to, you know, look for more important Sith artifacts. And he found Odon Ur, you know, that nerd Jedi who uh, founded Vyasa's temple. Yes. Um... I think he's around 200 years old at this point. And he still is still alive. He's still alive. He's basically Master Yoda at this what point. What the fuck? <laughs> he, uh, he is old as fuck. And he still has that uh, Sith holocron that he res that he uh, discovered in the aftermath of the Great Hyperspace War. And Exar Kun was basically like, yoink. <laughs> and Odon Ur was like, I, I know your dark nature now, you Sith pretender. Be gone! But Exar Kun, just overwhelmingly powerful on the dark side, basically killed Odon Ur. Fuck you, old man. Yeah, and Odon Ur, um, much like Master Yoda, uh, Obi-Wan, just, you know, disappeared into the Never Realm of the Force, leaving nothing but his robes behind. That sucks. And at that moment, of uh, Jedi apprentices came, and they were like, hey, you... Exar Kun, I got more recruits. What the fuck happened to Odon Ur? And he was like, uh, uh, he he was in his last days. He was and dying. he <laughs> he was dying. He handed me this artifact to help bring on his legacy. 
smooth. Yeah, he was very smooth and mad. Um, and then afterwards, he got his new recruits back on the ship, and they made their way back to Yavin 4. And Time to grow up so many offenses. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, his plans were going very swimmingly. And then he got... Uh, he got contacted by his apprentice, Yula Caldroma, and he was met with very good news. Yula Caldroma managed to recruit our, okay, managed to recruit our good old buddies, the Mandalorians, to his side. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, he was able to do this by defeating the leader of the Mandalorians at the time, a guy named Mandalore the Indomitable in, C- in a single combat. Mm-hmm. And with his new alliance between... Sith cultists and Mandalorian crusaders, they were able to conquer this important Republic shipyard. And as a result, they gained 300 of the newest Republic vessels. Nice. And Exar Kun was, of course, very pleased about this. And he ordered Yula Caldroma to take these new forces back to Sith space so they could slowly build up and, you know, get more resources along the way and all that fun stuff. But Yula Caldroma, probably in a bid to prove himself to his master, but also probably drunk off of a new power that he received, said that he was going to lead an assault against the heart of a republic itself, Coruscant. And Exar Kun's like, you fucking moron. We can't attack now. We, We still need to build up our forces. Are you a fucking idiot? But he kind of also realized that Yula Caldroma was a stubborn motherfucker. And <laughs> he was all like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll let you fight. I will let you invade Coruscant. Do your little war. But if you fail and if you cap- get captured by the Jedi, I'm abandoning you. That's it. Damn. And, you know, he just cut transmission from Yulik, who went on his own crusade against the Republic. Mm-hmm. Um... He arrived on Yavin 4 with nine Jedi apprentices in tow. And the the moment they landed on Yavin 4, the Jedi were starting to get cold feet because they sensed the extreme power of the dark side on this planet. And they were like, what the fuck is going on? I I thought we were doing uh, the legacy of Odon Ur and doing more stuff for the light side. And uh, one of the apprentices basically was like, I'm out of here. And, of course, there's always that one fucker. <laughs> and he got a ambush by the Masasi warriors, and the Jedi apprentices went to defend themselves, but Exar Kun managed to calm everybody down. And he's all like, yes, this planet is indeed powerful in the dark side of the force. And he holds out this holocron. And he's like, and yes, this is not a Sith, it's not a Jedi holocron. It is a Sith holocron. But it is our divine mission as Jedi Knights to purify this world of the dark side. And I am going to smash this holocron into a million pieces and banish the dark side from this planet forever. Holy shit. And He's a damn good liar. He is. And he was like... He's got a 20 in deception. Yeah. <laughs> 20 in de- he wrote a nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like... Jedi brothers and sisters, hold out your hands so you so that we could all focus at once, so that we could all banish the dark side from this place forever. And he started to smash the holocron with yeah. his fists, and it shattered into a million pieces. However, that wasn't his aim to destroy the holocron. 
Instead, that holocron contained a million Sith spirits within it. Oh, fuck. And the, the, the shards of that holocron embedded into the flesh of each Padawan. And they were completely corrupted by the dark side. And now he has a bunch of loyal followers, loyal dark side followers on his side. That's fucking awesome. And the only person that wasn't affected by this, but was uh, that fellow apprentice Cradle Mm -hmm. because loyal to XR Kun to a fault. And, uh, XR Kun was pleased to now have his first wave of dark side acolytes. That's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a uh, he's a fucker, but you gotta admire his uh, his big brain. Yeah, big he's brain. Smart. He is very smart. Why do you think I like smart? Boys? <laughs> yeah, you love Fron. You love Vitiate. You love XR Kun. Now, is there anybody else I'm missing? <laughs> I don't think so. Just for the time being. Um, <laughs> So XR Kun basically send the all the Jedi back to their masters as basically sleeper agents yep, to use for later. Agents. And as he was seeing off all of his uh, new apprentices, another vessel came and arrived on Yavin 4. Mm-hmm. And this vessel held uh, Mandalore the Indomitable, who actually uh, came back to report that uh, they lost the Battle of Coruscant. And he was like, XR Kun, my uh, uh, Yula Caldroma has been captured by the Republic. I plead to you, we need to rescue him now. And, you know, despite XR Kun saying earlier that he was going to abandon his apprentice, he was all like, okay, fine, I'll go rescue him. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it, that's my brother in arms. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 uh, say what you will about the Mandalorians, they are loyal allies. Yeah. Like, he had no obligation to go to find XR Kun's help to rescue Yulik, but yet he did. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Quality about the Mandalorians. <laughs> as much as I like to meme that they're overexposed as fuck, they are really good allies. They're, they're the people that you want by your side all the time. <laughs> um, so, let me see. Um, so, the pair made their way to Coruscant. And at this point, Yula Caldroma was basically placed on trial for war crimes against the Republic. I know that's that's a very weird thing to hear, being tried for war crimes um, in <laughs> Star Wars. Um, but Yula Caldroma was in the Senate chambers, like every senator across the galaxy and the Supreme Chancellor himself were basically um, on trial to have Yula Caldroma answer for his crimes against the Republic. <laughs> and it's this whole thing, you know, this entire stadium full of senators, all these political politicians and all that. And out of nowhere, the doors swing open to the Senate chamber. And in comes XR Kun by his side, um, Mandalore the Indomitable, and a handful of Masasi warriors just casually stroll into the Senate chambers. Just, what's up, bitches? Yeah. Give me back my buddy. And... Everybody was just frozen in place. Even most of the guards didn't react to XR Kun's presence. What the fuck? And just his extreme power with, uh, you know, the Sith amulets and everything, he created a Sith magical ritual to paralyze all the senators and everybody in place. What the fuck? Of course, he's an 
He's a giga chad. Yeah, he is. Um, just to give you an idea, this is like the Star Wars equivalent of Osama bin Laden walking into a White House casually. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty serious. And of course, there were a couple of Jedi that weren't affected by this, and they attempted to stop Exar Kun, but with a flick of his wrist, he just restrained all of them. Mm-hmm. And he was all like, all right, you look Caldroma, I'm going to rescue you, but I'm going to have a couple of words with a Supreme Chancellor over there. And he <laughs> walked up to the Supreme Chancellor. It's, it's this guy, I believe, named Cedriel. He's basically this squid guy. Okay. And the Supreme Chancellor's like, get away from me, you dark fiend. And he tried to hit him with his cane. But obviously, Exar Kun just batted that away. <laughs> Stop it. And he just grabbed him by his head. And with his extreme might and the dark side, he forced the Supreme Chancellor to say to the entirety of a senatorial gathering that the time of the Republic and the Jedi is now at an end. We are an outdated and corrupted system. Our time has ended. The Sith Empire, right, the galaxy rightfully belongs to the Sith now. Damn. And after that, Exar Kun let go of Cedriel, who... Collapsed on the floor, dead. <laughs> it just, that's a hell of a loudspeaker. Exactly. <laughs> in one fell, in one single swoop, he rescued his apprentice and killed the Supreme Chancellor of the Republic. Yeah. And in that moment, Votal Boss arrived into the senatorial chambers and, you know, his uh, master, the master of Exar Kun. Um, and Votal Boss was all like, okay, Exar Kun, I. You have become what you swore to destroy. You know, the classic Obi-Wan and Anakin The classic Obi-Wan Obi-Wan <laughs> The Anakin. master and apprentice thing. Yep. Um, and Votal Boss was all like, okay, Exar Kun, this has gone on long enough. Stop this madness right now. And Exar Kun, uh, he, he had a feeling where this is going. But Exar Kun was all was very reluctant in fighting his master. He was like, "Come on, master, join my cause. You could be a great warrior in the future of a Sith Empire. It doesn't need to be like this. Please join my side. There are many secrets that you could learn. All the things that you forbid me from knowing. You could gain more power." And Votobaz has heard this song and dance before, and he was all like, "No, I refuse." And Exar Kun was like, okay, fine. If, if you're not going to join me, then you will die. And th the duel between Master and Apprentice began to determine the fate of the galaxy. <laughs> and what better backdrop than within the heart of a republic itself? Yeah. And Votobaz, armed with his simple quarterstaff, um, was able to beat back Exar Kun for a good while. And they were basically evenly matched. And Exar Kun realized that uh, he, he didn't want this duel to last for any longer. Mm -hmm. And he decided to open up his trump card. And he, like, backed away a little bit, activated a separate button on his lightsaber, and on the other end, a secondary blade popped out. Ta-da! Double-bladed lightsaber! And at that moment... The, the first debut of a saber staff was revealed to the galaxy. That's fucking cool. So yeah, Exar Kun was the inventor of a saber staff. That's awesome. Yeah. He was all like, do you like the modifications I provided to my lightsaber master? And with a couple of swings of his unique exotic weapon, he cut down Votal Boss. Well, duh. 
And in their last moments, Votobots was all like, This is not the end, XR Kuhn. You and I will fight again. Perhaps not for a long time. But I will defeat you. Words. Go on to your higher plane, teacher. The galaxy is mine. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, XR Kuhn, Yula Caldroma, bid everybody adieu and they got out of there. Fuck. And, you know, the, the Jedi and the Republic were basically in shambles after witnessing the death of both the Supreme Chancellor and one of their best Jedi Masters. Yeah. So, yeah, um, pretty big brain move by XR Kuhn. That's basically a huge power move on his part. Major power move. <laughs> so, they regrouped back to Yavin 4. And Alima was... Uh, Seemingly very pleased that uh, Yula Caldroma was rescued and, you know, they embraced like, you know, regular lovers. Mm -hmm. But in reality, after, um, in reality, by uh, Mandalore the Indomitable informing Yula Caldroma, Alima basically abandoned him during the Battle of Coruscant, leaving him for dead by the Republic. Oh, Jesus. And, <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, um, Oh yeah, at that exact moment that uh, XR Kuhn basically killed his master, his sleeper agents across the galaxy basically went on to murder their own Jedi masters. Oh shit! So yeah, it's basically like a smaller scale Order sixty six, but you know, very the, the the apprentices killed their own Jedi masters instead of clones. Yeah. <laughs> but even though they managed to kill a couple of Jedi masters, it wasn't enough to fully tip the scales to the Sith's favor. Mm -hmm. um, but Exar Kuhn had, had more devious plans. So some of, their, of his sleeper agents didn't exactly succeed. Um, his fellow apprentice, Cradle, the male Cathar, mm -hmm. um, they went to kill another Jedi Master, but Silivar, the, the mate of his, uh, wife. of his wife, saw that he turned traitor, gashed him in the face, and he got the fuck out of Dodge. Hmm. And he went back to Yavin 4. He's all like, I failed, Exar Kun. I am very sorry. Is there a way I could redeem myself? And Exar Kun was all like, okay, I forgive you for now, but I'm assigning you with Alima, and both of you are going to command my flagship, the Corsair, and you guys are going to fight off a couple of important Republic fleets, and uh, this the entire fate of a war depends on both of you. And even though they had command of the flagship, that, you know, the, the, the ship that gets supernova stars, mm -hmm. this was kind of a bid to kill two birds with one stone, basically. <laughs> so, Alima, this... Sif Sorceress was basically happy that she had command of a basically a super weapon yep. at her at her fingertips. Um, so Exar Kun basically um, assigned her to go to the Trion, the Kron Cluster, which is basically a uh, system in the Outer Rim that has like ten stars in it. Okay, and they were supposed to kill this space station, this important Republic space station, and they succeeded in that. And that was meant to, you know, um, attract several Republic fleets to their location. And the very moment those fleets came to one of the nearby stars, Alima used the, uh, the crystal of the Corsair to cause that star to go supernova. Oh, shit. And, you know, obviously killing those Republic fleets in one single blow. 
But uh, unfortunately, Alima was not very experienced in the art of, you know, exploding stars and everything. And that was something that X Arcoon was uh, counting on. And after, you know, destroying one of those stars, it caused a chain reaction that exploded the rest of those nine stars. Oh, fuck. And with that, both Alima, Cradle, uh, the Corsair was consumed in his supernova. Oh, shit. Yeah. Just, eh, get rid of all three of these. <laughs> kill, kill those two motherfuckers in the, in the superheated core of a star, whatever. Um, that was just one uh, end of their objective. This supernova was created or, you know, exploded in right near a couple of important Republic worlds. And one of those worlds was the sacred uh, Jedi library itself on Ossus. And Exarchoon's idea was, okay, we created the supernova. Um, everybody will be evacuating Ossus. And that will give us a hole to basically plunder the Jedi library. Get all these important artifacts. <laughs> so yeah, both uh, Eula Caldroma and Exarchoon went to the, the Jedi library to, you know, plunder it of all of its riches. Um... Exarchoon encountered this uh, Jedi Master. I'm not sure if I could find his name anywhere. Um, okay, so Obnar. He's basically this uh, other Jedi historian, and he was in the middle of of uh, putting a bunch of ancient Jedi lightsabers into a vault so that they could survive a supernova. Mm -hmm. But Exarchoon was all like, I have. Okay. I'm going to take those lightsabers from you. They will be useful tools for my future apprentices. And the Jedi Master is all like, these belong to the Jedi Order. I may not be the best fighter in the galaxy, but I will protect them with my life if I must. And he dies easily. Well, okay, yeah. He gets overwhelmed by Exarchoon very easily. But in a last-ditch attempt, um, so this Jedi Master is part of a Neti race who are basically plant people. Mm -hmm. um, he transforms into a tree, basically entombing the lightsabers under his roots. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. And Exarchoon's like, okay, fine. Bunch of lightsabers. Who needs that shit? Fuck you. <laughs> and just, oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck you. you. And uh, even though he was, um, he didn't have any lightsabers, you know, his inner general grievous, another lightsaber to add to my collection. Yep. Um, he couldn't get those lightsabers, but he was able to plunder many sacred texts, and he considered his mission a success already. <laughs> and he departed Ossus before it could be consumed by the nearby supernova. And, okay, I got what I need. Get in the fuck out of here. Yeah, and he, he arrives back on Yavin 4, and he's all like, yes, I did it. I managed to go to Coruscant, kill the Supreme Chancellor. I kill my master, Voto Boss. Fuck him. <laughs> now I managed to kill two traitors by setting off a supernova, went to Ossus, destroyed the Great Jedi Library, plundered it of all of its sacred relics and all that fun stuff. This is such a great day. And within a couple of days, the entirety of the galaxy will be mine. And then he looked towards the sky. Oh, shit. And he saw an entire flotilla of Jedi ships. Oh, He's like, fuck. Uh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> because, uh, long story short, Yula Caldroma basically uh, went back to his senses after witnessing all the death and destruction that he had caused. 
And he basically betrayed Exar Kun and went back to the Jedi Order. And he told him where Exar Kun would be found. And everybody just went to Yavin 4 to end this once and for all. <laughs> and, you know, Exar Kun was basically caught with his pants down. And he... Even though he had the entirety of a Masasi at his command and his extreme overwhelming power in the dark side. That he, ended up against that many he, he He knew he couldn't, you know, fight off the entirety of a Jedi Order. And he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and, you know, with the sacred Jedi relics that he managed to plunder, he kind of went through all of them to see if there's one last move that he could pull out of his ass. And he came across a ritual. And he he ordered the Masasi to gather at one of the temples. And in a very similar in a very similar ritual that uh that uh Darvishia did on Nathema several generations before. Oh shit, is he gonna genocide the planet? Yeah. Um he gathered all of the Masasi, obviously not all of them, because you know they were there are some still alive by Swator. Yeah. Um he gathered all the Masasi temples into the uh, temple, chained himself up to an altar, and, you know, with his mass suicide by the entirety of the Masasi population, the the overwhelming power of the dark side overwhelmed Exar Kun, basically destroying his, his uh, physical body, but his spirit became immortal. And, in, you know, in his bid, he's all like, I'm going to ravage the galaxy in this immortal Sith spirit. And he began to descend from Yavin 4 to ravage the galaxy. However, the Jedi were basically anticipating this move. Really? And all of them, focusing through the light side of a force, they were able to encompass the, a light side barrier across the entirety of Yavin 4. Um, and Exar Kun's destructive powers, instead of meeting the flotilla overhead, instead impacted the surface of Yavin itself. Its entire surface was just burned to nothing but ashes. Damn. And Exar Kun's spirit would forever be entombed in the very temple that he was sacrificed in. Fuck. And that is where Exar Kun's spirit remains. Seeing nothing but utter darkness. Damn. And that was... Okay, it isn't exactly the end of Exar Kun. He's still living in the temple. He's still a Sith spirit. He's still a Sith spirit. He just can't go anywhere mm -hmm. now. But effectively, by the death of uh, Exar Kun, his Sith empire basically crumbled not too long after. That sucks. Yeah. And uh, several generations later, Exar Kun's spirit would actually cause a lot of problems for Luke Skywalker and his new Jedi Order. <laughs> <laughs> But it's anyway, a long time later. It is a long, 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 long time later. Um, I think you briefly encounter Exar Kun's spirit in Swator on Yavin 4, I think. I'm not at that point yet, so I would not know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a while since I played. <laughs> it has been a good while. It's It's been a good while, yeah. Um, so this conflict that uh, Exar Kun basically spearheaded, it was this conflict called the Great Sith War. And it barely lasted a year, but its ramifications were very permanent, just changing the galaxy forever. Mm -hmm. um, after this conflict, the, the Galactic Republic would not fully recover for like another 30 years after this. Damn. 
Yeah, and uh, it's also stated that the Yula Caldroma raised like a quarter of the Republic's worlds. I think at around that time, the Republic had nearly a million worlds. But a quarter of that, that's like 250,000 worlds. Jesus. So yeah, it's still a lot. Yeah. And uh, let's see. <laughs> but yeah, obvious. And Oh yeah, also at that time, um, Mandalore the Indomitable basically gets killed. And then uh, several years later, his successor would cause one of the greatest and most um, destructive conflicts in the galaxy called the Mandalorian Wars. And we will get to that later. Indeed. And that set the path to the fall of Raven and his apprentice, Malak. Yep. And let me see. Um, is there anything else? Oh, yeah. It's also a huge ramification for the Jedi Order as a whole. Because, you know, with the mere fact of one of their most powerful, one of their greatest members turning to the dark side, they became a little bit more paranoid, a lot more uh, traditional. And that's probably one of the reasons why they are very strict on uh, on uh, personal bonds and everything. Yeah. So Maybe. yeah, they became more paranoid. And there are certain Jedi circles that basically um, wanted to keep the Jedi Order intact and destroy all Sith artifacts so that they don't corrupt any more of their members. There's like this inner circle called the Jedi Covenant who will do that to the extremes by any means necessary. Mm. And that is the story of Exar Kun, or part two of the history of a Sith. What do you think? That was that was good. I didn't know Exar Kun was that powerful of a Sith Lord. Yeah. He basically revived the ancient Sith. Yep. It's also kind of a... I don't know why he's not mentioned. Because, <laughs> because Darth Anton is such a fucking traditionalist, you'd think that he would hold Exar Kun at the highest power. I think at the same time, he's kind of a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A... I wouldn't say an outcast, but a uh, black sheep of a Sith. Because he wasn't exactly inducted into the Sith Order. I mean, sure, he didn't got inducted by the spirit of Marco Ragnos, but for all intents and purposes, he's a glorified dark Jedi. I suppose, but even still, he revived the Sith. Yeah, and like, uh, even when he became a dark lord of a Sith, he was still using his traditional blue lightsaber. He didn't convert to red or anything. Eh, a lot of them don't. Yeah, and he never got a Darth name. He was still Exar Kun. But <laughs> thanks, Marker. I know. But yeah, um, Exar Kun. He's kind of an interesting character. Once again, he's not exactly a sympathetic character like Anakin, Grievous, or anybody no, that's fallen from Greece. No, he's kind of a uh, fucker. But I think he's kind of fun because of his of just how fucking ridiculously powerful he is. <laughs> But yeah, um, I had a lot of fun with this episode, and uh, do you have any questions, Santa? Not really. Alright. So, that's our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how many Sith spirits can Exar Kun kill? A lot, apparently. Apparently, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, do you want to know what our next episode is going to be, Hannah? Enlighten me. Alright. Because this is my choice. What's it, your choice? Actually, um, so... Uh, 
I told you I uh, I'm allowing you free choices because oh, right. I did a Halloween episode because I thought that would be fun. So you know, just compensating for you. Right. Um, so our next episode, we will be diving into everybody's favorite um, fan service race, the Twi'lek. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, um, kind of going back to the uh, the art piece for No Nut November. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely gonna be in the uh, in the. Thumbnail. Yeah, indeed. Maybe you'll make a camera. <laughs> Can you resist this? <laughs> anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening about Xarcoon. Um, he's a fucker, always will be. Um, Lowe's, Lamau, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>